Mark lived. Mark also, Mark also lives in Devon, and uh, Lee lives in Scotland. Joanna lives in Peasdown, St John. Oh Earth. yeah, yeah. And um, she works for the NHS as uh, an A and E department at the mm. RUH. Mm. And Nigel, Nige, he's a very talented singer, songwriter, keyboard guitarist, oh. and he lives in Harrogate, in Yorkshire. Ah, so yeah, that's so you know, as long as they get a plug, I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's interesting because um, uh, I don't recall, of course, you know, the shoe. Your children would have been uh, probably a little bit younger than us, and and. You know, we just never because they probably weren't allowed in the bar too much. Pat would have made no. sure that they stayed in the living room or wherever, and so we never really saw. I didn't anyway. Nigel surely did, but I didn't. And yeah. uh, no, five children, Eddie, it's wonderful, and uh, you can be a proud, a proud man, having them strewn up and down the country, and and some of them doing musical things. And um, yeah, that's right. the the singer songwriter. Uh, Eddie, does he use social media a lot? YouTube or Facebook or? He is on Facebook, isn't he? He's on, on Facebook as Nigel Harrison. Mm. Um, and um, but he doesn't do. He doesn't use Facebook a lot. No, no. <coughs> and um, I've just a couple of minutes ago pressed the red button again, Eddie. So I've recorded this this little bit where you've said. Your, your, right. your oldest son is a hel was a helicopter pilot. Yes. And what was his name again? Guy. Guy, right. I remember that. Um, he, has a, he now flies a microlight, which he flies down in Devon where he lives. Wow. So really, yeah. I mean, they're all your children have taken after dad, um, being not just talented, but also very daring and adventurous, really. <laughs> I mean, Guy, Guy keeps asking me on quite a few occasions, why don't you come up for a flight in the microlight? I said, you are not getting me up in that thing. I always say it looks like a pram with a motor on the back. I know, know? yeah. Um, if ever you do decide to do it, Eddie, a bit like George Bush, George Bush Sr. in America, you know, he used to... Um, uh, do a lot of parachuting, didn't he? Right at right to the end, uh, you know, he was already he ninety, yeah, and he did lo lots of parachute jumps for charity. The um, the dad of George Bush uh, Junior, um, he had the same name, didn't he, George George Bush? Yes, um, but if ever you do the the the, the micro light thing, Eddie, I'd like to be there recording it. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe well, give your son a, 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 a some some form of recording device an iphone or something and he can record your reactions <laughs> to being up there oh dear well what a yeah, that, i mean that, that would be something that would be something yeah um um uh, what was i gonna, oh yes uh, i was 10 minutes late for an appointment this morning which i had with my tax advisor over here um right and um the reason was i couldn't be bothered yesterday to clear the snow off the car so this morning, oh. <laughs> I, I brushed the snow off, Eddie, pretty quickly, but the f the windscreens were all frozen. Yeah, I bet, yes. So, um, oh, sure. you're, not, 
you're a lot colder there than we are here, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, you know, we're a bit higher and um, uh, actually that sprinkling of snow we had two days ago was a couple of inches, Eddie, and apparently there's some proper snowfalls due quite soon, so we could we could have uh, quite a bit of snow in the next couple of days, who knows? Right. Yeah, I mean, we're, you know, we we always look forward to it coming because it's crucial even in these covid times for the ski season you know and the economy and everything yeah of course yeah yeah sure um eddie um i wasn't really thinking of recording anything today i was just going to talk to you about the songs you know you made you you offered to send them on a cd i think that would be really good if you still could eddie right because then i've got them i can save them on my computer system uh Whereas I could, on the alternative, I could go on to iTunes and download them, if that's a straightforward affair. I haven't done that for a while. Is that fairly normal, Eddie? Fairly easy? I've, I've never actually downloaded them from uh, from iTunes. No. Uh, sorry, I was, I'm, I'm getting mixed up. No, I, was thinking, I thought you said SoundCloud. I thought you meant SoundCloud. No, I, iTunes is, if you can find my songs on itunes they're very easy to download oh okay all right well that's probably easy then you can download them straight to a cd Mm. that's what i normally do uh but if you can't then i'll be quite happy i'll do a couple of cds and if you send me a message with your address on i can bung them in the post and it's it's just that it's quicker obviously if you download them yeah yeah, I I I I tried two days ago, but maybe I should try again. I I put Eddie Blackstone. Um, was it collection? I can't remember. You did tell me, yeah, Eddie Blackstone. Eddie Blackstone originals. Originals with an S. I must remember that originals. Yeah, maybe I left the S off. Anyway, it didn't seem to show me anything. But I'll give it another go, Eddie, and I'll let you know if I have a problem. Um, okay. In terms, I don't know whether you yeah. download from uh, from SoundCloud or not? Do you? Yeah, um, I I've got access to SoundCloud, Eddie. Is that? It's got. I've got about. I'm not sure how many songs are on there, but most the main most of the main songs yeah. are on there. There's about fourteen songs. Fourteen on songs. SoundCloud. Right. And I believe you said, correct me if I'm wrong, that there may be as many as 30 on iTunes. There, there are 30, 30 of my original songs, yeah. Yeah. And um, if we're able to choose, um, and if it works successfully, Eddie, which, which songs would you like me to incorporate into the into the podcast in some way or another? Would you like the 14 or... Would you like somehow to divide the 30 up or whatever? I think 30 might be a bit much. Yeah, you? I think so. Yeah. Um, it depends how many, like you said on your message, whether you want to sort of intersperse them with the chat. Yeah. Or whether you want to just feature a few of the songs. Mm. Um, I, I don't mind. Whatever you think is best. Okay. I mean, we can pick out... You know, I wouldn't think you're going to need more than half a dozen songs, really. Are no, you? fair enough. Fair enough, Eddie. If you're happy with that, that's what I was going to suggest. 
because um as you say you know it would be either to be overkill otherwise wouldn't it and um yeah, I mean, you, you're, wel you're welcome to have them have them all i mean i'll send you them anyway mm. sometime in the future yeah. um the 30 so you can never you can sit and have a listen to them all yeah sometime. yeah it would be interesting um uh were they all recorded at peter lamb's studio eddie or yeah all oh, right yeah hmm. they were interesting that's quite a few isn't it um and um yeah, uh, in an ideal world, Eddie, um, what do you think to this idea? Um, if we were to go for six songs, and in fact, you could choose them because you know them better than I, and you, you, yeah. uh, I'd rather you chose them in a way. Um, All right. That you could maybe <coughs> do a little, a little pricey with it to say this song, I record, I, 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 rec I wrote in Colorado, recorded at Peter Lamb. I've got Nige yeah. on guitar and I've got so-and-so on bass. Um, yeah. That sort of stuff would be interesting. And then I would feature that, Eddie, as a separate podcast um, okay. that might last an hour, but it would have some interesting... Um, yeah. Well, actually, that would be even better if I could get your, your, your audio to that, whereby you say something about each track. Um, yeah. That would be great. Um, and... You know, and to give you time, obviously, it doesn't happen. It doesn't have to happen now, but unless you feel you know the songs that you want to present to me, the six, and then you you can talk about them. But it's up to you, Eddie. Yeah. Well, I mean, it won't be difficult for me to pick out the six anyway. No. Um, because um, there, are, I mean, what I would do would be to do a, a nice ballad. Uh, particularly like Arlene would be one, mm. Dolly McGraw would be another one. Yeah. Um, the Christmas song, which Nigel played on, I remember oh, yeah. Christmas. Yeah. Which is at the moment is now being played on YouTube. Um, uh, and, and then another three on top of that. Yeah. Know? Yeah, that would be great, Eddie. And we could reconvene. Um, you know, uh, to to another t a time when you've got time again tomorrow or the next day, whichever. Um, and then I could record. Um, I would have downloaded the song, so I've got them. And then I would record for each song your your audio, if you like, a couple of sentences, two or yeah, three. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That would be great. Uh, and that would make it an interesting yeah. one. And for those that want to hear the songs, they can go straight to the podcast episode that's titled Eddie's Song Choice, you know. Um, yeah. And um, that that would save me editing them into the uh, existing audio, if you like. Yeah. Well, what, I, what I'll do is I'll, um, I'll fire up my computer yeah. and I'll have a look at the 30 list, 30 yeah. original list. And um, I'll pick out, I'll have a look and just pick out half a dozen. I won't do it off the top of my head because I might forget something that later I'll regret not putting in. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so I'll, I'll have a look on, uh, on the computer. Brilliant. And something out. <clears throat> and then, we, as you say, we can go ahead with that tomorrow on whenever, yeah. whenever you want to do it. That's great. Tomorrow's Saturday. I've got nothing in the diary, so I'm, I'm free, um, as they say. <laughs> I'm free. 
Um, um, and um, I think then we'll have then we'll have quite a nice uh, you know quite a nice um, selection and uh, of songs plus plus we'll have you know the basis of your story. I mean we got quite a bit down already, yeah. so that's it's great. I can't actually physically send them to you from here. But, um, and that's only because I don't know how to do it. <laughs> you no. know, I've got these songs in the computer, um, but I don't know, I, would, I wouldn't know how to forward them to you because my uh, computer, for some reason, is not allowing me to send emails at the moment. Uh -huh. So if I go into my documents and click on title of a song if i remember christmas and email it to you it will say that i can't for some reason we'll come oh. up with boxes yeah yeah I, it's a bloody nuisance it's a, it's a nuisance it's very frustrating especially when you don't quite know what to do i agree with you eddie yeah um but uh, not to worry um in theory i can go onto soundcloud and itunes and whatever a platform you care to mention and i can in theory uh, download them now. I'm not sure. Is there a cost to your songs? Do you have to pay for them on iTunes, or are they free? They're free. Oh yeah. Okay. So, so that should be straightforward. Same with SoundCloud. That's free as well. Yeah. If you um, try both of them, try SoundCloud and try iTunes, mm. and you, you might find that you know it, it could it might turn out that SoundCloud is easier for you to do than iTunes, it might well know. be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, Eddie. I'll do that. Well, Colorado skies came from my obvious visit to Colorado, um, yeah. and I just fell in love with the place. And uh, I wrote the song whilst I was in the Rocky Mountains. Great, and um, you wrote it on somebody's guitar, I suppose, over in Colorado, or did you bring your guitar with you? I, I took the guitar with me. Oh, great. So what happened was I went out there with a friend for two weeks holiday uh, to see Jim Venice and my pal who owned the, uh, the rustic site with the, with the log cabins and the restaurants and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so I went, went for two weeks and I realised that I was going to be able to write there so I came home. Uh, I came home after two weeks, and then about two months later, I went back again, and I stayed for, I think it was four months altogether. Yeah. Uh, right. And then I had to leave because the, <laughs> the snow was getting such that I thought I'm going to get snowed in for the rest of my life. You wow. Know? Yeah. Um, so during that time, I wrote. That was when I wrote the songs. Uh, in Colorado, I wrote I wrote about fifteen songs, and the first one I think was Colorado Skies. Wake me up. 
such a gentle touch that I'm glad to see the dawning of a bright new day and a bright new way of being free. Way to be Colorado skies, you give the kiss of life to me. Colorado sunsets, pain and pitches of the night. You have such a sweet sensation when you're ever changing life. Ain't no other reason for the changing seasons in my mind. That's what I find. Colorado skies, how could I leave it all behind? Colorado skies, you are all I need to make me feel this list weren't all written in Colorado but uh, one, two three four four of them certainly were yeah well um, if we can go if you've got time Eddie uh, if we can go through each one um, obviously I won't I won't play it but I will add the song to your comment yeah. um, Colorado Skies um, I must admit having just heard them this afternoon on SoundCloud when I was downloading them. I was really, really impressed, Eddie, at the quality, not just of the production, but of the musicianship. Where, oh, did, yeah. you, where did you get these, these great musicians from, you know, in devices? I pinched them from Kelvin Henderson. Oh. <clears throat> um, a few of them were Kelvin's band, and then Nigel Robinson, our great friend, late great friend yeah. um he played and um bob dixon 
Do you know Bob Dixon from Bristol? No, I don't. Um, he plays pedal steel guitar. Mm. And he sort of does session work and roundabout. And what I did was I actually paid them for sessions. Oh. Not not a hell of a lot, but no, at least, you know, I did pay them. Covered, <clears throat> covered their expenses, at least, yeah. There's one guy that, that busks, used to busk in Bath on banjo. Yeah. And um, I approached him one day and said, I'm doing some recordings in devices. Would you like to come and play? Mm. So I'll give you, I can't remember how much I said now. It's a long time ago. But anyway, I, I took him in the car. We went to Pete Lamb's place and he added some stuff on the tracks. And I took him back and dropped him off and he carried on busking. I love it. I love that. I love that, Eddie. That's, that's a really great story. And this gentleman's name is Dave Gould, isn't it? I've got the name here. No, no, that would—that's another banjo player. Oh, <laughs> I can't remember the name of the banjo player that I picked up in Bath. No, well, um, shame on me. Yeah, I, I suppose be. it was—I suppose it was secondary, really. You just knew that you wanted him, and he was competent, and uh, he was available. And I bet he had—I bet he enjoyed it as well, didn't he, Eddie? Yeah, he did, and he got some easy money. Mm. You know. <clears throat> Good, good thinking. I like that. I like that. And it's the sort of thing that I would do as well. Um, you know, yeah. when you're kind of in a corner and you think, right, what do I need to do? I need that. I need this. I need him. I need her. And lo, and lo and behold, you find it, don't you, in some way or another? Yeah, well, with um, what happened was uh, Kelvin, Kelvin Henderson was recording an album and he he had asked if he could put some of my tracks on the album. Yeah. And so consequently was in the studio a lot with him when he was doing the album and I got to know the musicians. Mm. And so when I later, when I started recording the songs myself, then I got in touch with these guys cause they knew the songs and said, you know, will you come and play? And they were all, all very keen to do it. And so they came over to one at a time. I oh, have a okay. guitarist over for an afternoon in Pete Lambs and pay him for coming. And and, uh, and that's how we did it. Oh, so you did do it one at a time. Interesting, because it had a, a nice group effect, you know. And and I suppose yes. there was no more than two or three of you there at one time then in that case. That's right. I mean, occasionally we, 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 we got more in the studio, but Pete's studio is very small. Yeah, it's actually he lives in a bungalow, and the studio is a garage attached to his house. Mm. That's the where the musicians go, the sound room, whatever you call it. His his um, decks, yeah, controls are actually in his front room. Oh, that's nice. So he looks by. He has a TV screen, so he can see what we're doing in there and connect with us and he's doing the business with the with the faders and yeah interesting a lot technical stuff that i don't understand <laughs> is out of interest eddie because i will contact him as we said yesterday but is is um pete lamb also retired now officially or is he oh no, he's still still recording oh right uh, <clears throat> he's got a i spoke yesterday online to um, 
a girl who's recorded one of my songs at Pete Lambs, mm. and she sings with Pete in in the band. It's a the blues band. They, I think they call it the blues band. Yeah. And Pete plays guitar. And the girl's name is Claudette Cassan. And uh, she recorded um, I Remember Christmas. Right, I've heard it, yeah. And he did a video of all the Christmas shops mm. and the Christmas lighting in devices. Yes. And she sent me a message yesterday saying, you know, it's thank you so much for the song and, you know, really enjoyed doing it and I love the video and so on. Great. And now it's, it's getting quite uh, heavily played on YouTube, which is nice. That's nice. Very, yeah. Very nice. Um Great, Eddie. Um, and if you could just imagine on the podcast now, um, after we've after you've said what you've just said, uh, I'm going to play Colorado Skies, or I probably will play it before and then have your comment on it. Um, okay. So if you're okay with that, Eddie, uh, could you give me your comment on Roses for Joanna? I, I'm I'm intrigued to know about the story of that. Yeah, sure. Do you um. You want to start now? Yeah. Yeah, Roses for Joanna. I um I, I wrote it for my daughter's eighteenth birthday. Right. And uh, which is, you know, a long time ago now. Mm. And um it, it was an amazing song in a way, because everywhere I went when I did live gigs in and around Bath, the whole audience would sing along with it. They all seemed to know the chorus because lots of people had bought cassettes of it. It was cassettes in those days. Yes. But when I'd written it, I went in on her birthday. She was working at the in Bath at a hairdressing salon on the Bear Flat. Okay. And so I went in with a portable uh, cassette player, and uh, Nigel Robinson had played on Roses for Joanna. Uh, and it was more, it was quite a simple thing. It was more or less Nige, Pete Lamb, um, uh, Jim Scott on drums, who is sadly no longer with us. Um, and we, Nige and I, I think it was Nige and I, we went into the shop mm. where John was. And I played this track on this portable cassette player to her in the shop, which embarrassed her no end. <laughs> she didn't she didn't know which way to look. But I think she was quite pleased really. And uh, and it's it's had a lot of reaction over the years, you know, it's it's only a very simple song, but it's nice, you know, it's, it's a nice little song. Yeah, and how is Joanna? Where is she living these days, Eddie? Red wine, eighteen years now, you've been mine. You made me happy for all this time, like deep red roses and rich red wine. And we'll have. Joanna, 
how those years have quickly flown behind the sunshine a little NHS. Mm. She she's um, sorry. I've just got a message come through. Oh, sorry. She works for the NHS in the A and E department at the Royal United Hospital in Bath. Oh yes, I remember you saying that. Yeah. So she's front line, and she lives at Peasdown St John mm-hmm. with her partner, and who's um, a, a really good guy, nice guy. Um, yeah, and I see her quite regularly. In fact, she was here two days ago, and mm. she she over and sees her old dad and makes sure I'm okay, you know. And Good. It's always nice to see her. I'm sure. I'm sure. That's lovely to hear. Um, um, Eddie, um, if I'm go, I can go on to the next one now, if that's all yeah. right with you. Don't be a stranger. Yeah. That was, um, again, this one again was written in Colorado, in Rustic. And uh, I I wrote this song. I met met a lot of people who I liked very much in Colorado, really nice people, Mm. locals. And there was one particular girl that I met, uh, and we had... A really good friendship. I mean, and I mean friendship. Yeah. She, she took Jeff and I when we were there for the two-week period for the holidays. She took us everywhere and showed us the sights and showed us Colorado and all. That. And then when I went back, she was uh, obviously still there. And um, the the whole ambience of of rustic and the mountains and her and everything else mm. just inspired me to write songs. Yeah, I can imagine. So, and this was one of those that came with that. Don't be a stranger. Give me a call. I'm used to, and I'll be okay. And you know, I mean, that's yeah, just inspirational people and inspirational place places. You know. Yes. Don't be a stranger Give 
give me a call like you used to and I'll be alright Don't, don't be a stranger The sound of your voice helps me get through the long lonely night Stranger, the words that you said could have mounted the telephone line. Don't, don't be a stranger. Give me part of your heart, and I'll give you all of mine. I believe you do a duet with with Ty with TM, don't you? On that one, uh, TJ. TJ, sorry. Yeah, TJ Martin. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, um, how the duets came about was um, I was working in Bristol for Kelvin Henderson because Kelvin had a, a um, an, an agency. Mm. And I used to work for him. It was pubs and clubs, the usual thing, as, along with the other places that I used to work for different agencies up and down the country. Yeah. And Kevin booked me in uh, to various places around Bristol and Bath. Mm-hmm. And I had a reaction from people saying, have you heard of T.J. Martin? So um, I said, no. Well, we had her last week, and she was she's terrific, really good, and all so on. Anyway, I was playing at the Sandringham. Uh, does it matter that we might have touched on this before? Um, no, it doesn't, Eddie, because, I mean, if it did, I could always exclude it, but it's always good to have it again. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
Anyway, I was, I was working at the Sandringham in Bristol, and I came off stage and I was stood with Kelvin, who Kelvin and his friend had come to see me play. Yeah. They came for a drink, you know, on a night out, because Kelvin and I were, were great friends in those days. Mm. And this girl walked in, and Kelvin said, have you met T.J. Martin? I said, no, but I've heard a lot about it. So we, we chatted at the bar, and eventually I said to her, would you like to get up on stage and do a bit of backing for me? And she said, I'm, I'm nobody's backing singer. <laughs> uh, see, I remember that now. <laughs> we did hear about this, didn't we, just yesterday, I think, or the other day yeah. before, yeah. So anyway, eventually she asked me if I would manage her, and I said, well, I'm nobody's manager. <laughs> Good answer. Well done. So I'm getting some work, which is what I did. So I got her some work out in the Middle East and eventually teamed up with her out there. Yeah. But So that's how the, the duet side of it came on some of the songs. Great. Um, and, and Don't Be a Stranger was one of them. Don't Be a Stranger was one of them, yeah. Nigel uh, Robinson plays the uh, the introduction, I think, on that. I'm I'm just making a note of this, Eddie, because I've made a note. Roses for Joanna, the Christmas song where Nigel plays, and he plays the intro to "Don't Be a Stranger." Yeah, yeah, because I want to go back and listen to these again and and listen out for Nigel. You know. Yeah. Uh, don't be a stranger. And I think Pete Lamb played, um, Pete Lamb certainly would have played bass on that, I think. Yeah. Lamb. I mean, sometimes we have more than one guitarist playing. Yeah. Maybe two lead guitarists and Pete would intersperse them, you know. And mm. he, he, Pete Lamb did a great job. Yes. Yes, I'm, I'm, you're right, Eddie, he did. I mean, I I only was reminded about that again today when I downloaded the sounds, and uh, I was very impressed, yeah. very impressed. Um, yeah. How did you come to write Dolly McGraw, Eddie? Was that a Colorado song? No, that was, um, that was the Portsmouth Festival. The first time I'd ever been to a country music festival when my wife, Pat who sadly is no longer with us, uh, she persuaded me to go with her to the Portsmouth Festival with a group of friends to see Johnny Cash mainly. Mm. Uh, so I agreed and I went and Johnny Cash came on and he was very good and lots of other acts were very good. And then this guy called Hoyt Axton came on and sang this song, Della and a Dealer and a Dog Named Jake and a Cat Named Kalamazoo. Oh, yes, and, yeah. It drew me to the stage, and I stood at the side of the stage. Darling McGraw, she stood six foot four. She was a spiker for the railroad line. She once killed a ganger with a big wheel spanner, but she didn't have to do no time. When the judge met Dolly in his private chambers, he thought he was the one who was going to change her, but he didn't reckon on the power of Dolly McGraw. Dolly McGraw, Dolly McGraw, used to cut her nails with an old blunt saw, slept with the chickens, ate with the hogs, and drank a Tennessee mash through a hollowed-out log. 
Wrestle with a lion and dance with a bear Used eagle tail feathers just to party up her hair Such was the power of the legendary Dolly McGraw He was five foot two and never had much loving So he fell for Dolly's evil charms He was pleading for remission from the loving and the kissing As he tried to leave old Dolly's arms He said, release me, woman, this don't make sense All you gotta do is plead self-defense But he didn't reckon on the power of Dolly McGraw Now the trial was over and the folks went home And Dolly was free as a bird The old judge wakened in the middle of the night And he was startled by the sounds he heard Dolly come busting through the bedroom door Threw that poor man down on the floor She said in gratitude I'm gonna give you more Of the power of Dolly McGraw Dolly McGraw, Dolly McGraw Used to cut her nails with an old blunt saw Slept with the chickens, ate with the hogs And drank Tennessee mash through a hollowed out log Wrestled with the lion and danced with the bear Used eagle tail feathers just to putty up her hair Such was the power of the legendary Dolly McGraw Now twenty years on, my don't time fly when you're having yourself a ball. The old judge is looking like a lone star ranger, and I'll swear that he's eight feet tall. The folks all say he's found immortal life. It's fast with a gun and deadly with a knife, but it only comes from fighting off a wife with the power of Dolly McGraw. Dolly McGraw, Dolly McGraw, used to cut her nails with an old blunt saw. Slept with the chickens, ate with the hogs, and drank Tennessee mash through a hollowed out log. Wrestled with the lion and danced with the bear, used eagle tail feathers just to pretty up her hair. Such was the power of the legendary Dolly McGraw. Ha ha ha. Such was the power of the legendary Dolly McGraw. Dolly, 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 Dolly McGraw. If I can ask you a question, because I do remember your wife so clearly, and um, I know that she's passed, and I think it was about four years ago? Yes, yes. Um, Eddie, would you mind talk, telling me, really, more than anything, um, the story about what happened to Pat? You know, where did she go, and where, where did she move, and, and was she only ill towards the end of her life, or was she generally not well as a, on the whole, you know? Yeah, she was she was pretty well. Um, Pat got cancer, and she was obviously very ill for you know for a, a number of years, maybe two two three years. Yeah, and then then it unfortunately got her, mm. oh, um, which was, yeah, which was very sad. Um, but uh, it was I was I was with her the day before I went. She was living at Joanna's house and I was there the day before she died mm. and we we got you know we had a good relationship yeah you know a good friendship despite the fact that we'd split up we, we still had that good feeling between us yeah that's that's lovely to hear um because I was just curious Eddie having missed most of your your high your heights your you know career after joining the travel industry in 82 I think the last time I saw Pat was at the horseshoe 
fact, I only yeah. ever saw Pat at the Horseshoe. So it would have been late 70s. It might have been early 80s going up yeah. there for a drink with Nigel or something. And that was the last I ever saw of her. And I had this lovely memory of her. Um, you know, a yeah. cheerful woman, ideal person to have behind the bar, always always a ready smile. So um, you'll forgive me for for prying into uh, into her her life. But um, I, I was quite um, shocked, needless to say, when I saw it on Facebook four years ago. And I thought, blimey, that's Pat. Oh, yeah. you know, and um, so I'm, I'm, I'm... Yes, it was very sad. Um, it's, uh, we left there in 1984. Mm. So, so um, uh, and I moved to Paulton, and then after that, just prior to that, I'd done the Jamboree in the Hills show in America and gone back again the second year and done Jamboree in the Hills again. Yeah. Time. Did, um, did Pat go back a second time to Jamboree or only the first time? Only just the first time. Yeah. Because the second time I was going to be travelling around quite a lot. I was doing the, the Marty Robbins show and a few other shows round about. Yeah. And it, it it really wouldn't have been convenient no. for her to go back. So she did, was quite happy to stay and look after the pub anyway. Yeah. Did she... Um, when you left the horseshoe, Eddie, did um, Pat continue to work in some shape or form, or or was she a lady of leisure, so to speak? No, she um, she worked for a while at the university in Bath, Bath University, right? To do with the accommodate on the accommodation side, booking the students into the, for their accommodation. Yeah. I think that's what it was. I'm not entirely sure, but that's. I think that's mainly what she did. Yeah, and um, I don't remember anymore, Eddie, uh, what accent Pat had, but was Pat also from Yorkshire or was she from down here? Uh, was she... she was from down here. And we, we met at, I was doing a summer season in Butlins in Minehead in 1966. Mm. And um, the my drummer in the bands I had then called the Lee brothers, he, he had a date with one of the girls in the hairdressing salon. Right. On the, on the holiday camp. And her friend was Pat. And uh -huh. he'd invite this girl out to go out for a drink. And she said, I'll only go if, if you take my friends as well. Mm. So he came to me and he said, will you make a force or not? So I said, oh, okay then. So, <laughs> And that was it. That's how we got to know each other. And, Lovely. You know, she was a remarkable woman. Yes. She really, yeah. So, and we were together, you know, quite a number of years. And we we had uh, Lee and Joanna. Mm. I already had two, two kids from my other first marriage. Right. Yeah. And they all got on extremely well. Lovely. Lovely. Yeah, that's great, Eddie. Thank you for filling me in on that. That satisfied my curiosity because I didn't have any idea of, well, probably more than Pat, several of friends that I had or people I got to know in Bath. You, I lost contact to some degree. I kept contact with Andy Short and the band members once a year or once every, you know, half year. But um, everybody else, I kind of let go, really. And uh, some of them I've now reacquainted myself with on 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 the internet you know the um on facebook i 
meet with some of the school friends that I used to go to school with. Yes. Um, and that was always a little bit shocking and, and, and quite fun as well uh, yeah. to see all your school friends again. Um, no, thank you, Eddie. That's lovely. Thank you for, f for filling me in on. Yeah, written on the hottest day of the year in 1967 mm. <coughs> um, in a theatre in, in Skegness. In the dressing room, dressing room of a theatre in Skegness, and it was a hot afternoon, and it got so hot. I just, I couldn't. It got so hot I couldn't stand it by, by the pool anymore. Mm. And Pat, Pat was out there with um, one of the kids. We only had the one then. Yeah. So I said, I'm going to go in the, inside into the dressing room and and uh, cool off a bit. So I went in and picked the guitar up and I just started playing. Mm. And for, unknown reason i started singing i remember christmas <laughs> and before I knew it the whole song was finished and written and and that was it Remember Christmas time 
anything with it for years. Mm. I just kept it and never even played it, you know. And yeah. then eventually I decided we, when we were at the horseshoe, I think. Um, yeah, that's how it was. We, I remember we rehearsed it. Nigel and I rehearsed it one afternoon, sat in front of the fire at the horseshoe. I don't know if I remember. Opposite the bar, there was an open fire. Oh, yes, yes, I do, Eddie. We had the fire going, and we the pub was closed, and Nigel and I sat, and I played, I remember Christmas, and that's where Nigel did this, da-da-da-da. Yeah. That, that sort of theme that runs through it, that was purely Nigel Robinson. Yeah, that's that's that, that's a nice touch that of Nigel's. Um, yeah. In fact, I heard it this afternoon, and I thought, that's Nigel playing that, I can sense it is. And I remember, yes. I remember you saying it was as well. No, lovely. And I suppose when you were in the changing room, Eddie, you were quite hot. You may have been thinking of snow and colder weather, and that's how you came to, to yeah. write. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I wasn't. I, I, don't, I always said I wrote it for Pat. Mm. But then again, at that time, I used to, anything I did write, I used to write for Pat anyway. Yeah. Uh, in fact, my album, which is called The Light and Shade of Eddie Blackstone, that album, I I put on the notes, sleeve notes, uh, for Pat. Oh, lovely! All the songs on there really were written with her in mind, or dedicated to her, if you like. Yeah, and um, and as far as you were aware, Eddie, she appreciated that kind of thing, did she? She, yeah, she always said she was my number one fan. Oh, that's lovely, lovely. Which, you know, yeah. Really, really good. So I remember Christmas was written a long, long time before it was actually recorded. <laughs> yeah, well, I look forward to hearing it again, Eddie. Um, particularly yeah, well, Colette. Uh, Kassan has recorded it. Mm. And, and that's, um, which, is, which is great for me. You know, it's, I'm very flattered that someone should want to record some of my songs. In fact, I think about three different people have recorded I Remember Christmas. Mm. Colette Cassan. It's, uh, it's the best. Okay, right. Interesting. Yeah, I'll, have, I'll, I'll listen out for as many many interpretations of your song as I can find, Eddie. Um, yeah. And the next song on my list is Lay My Feet Down on the Street. The bottle's nearly empty And the clock will soon run down My drinking friends have left me Since I beat up half this town This crummy barroom's spinning And the barkeep's locked the till I guess I'll lay my feet down on the street and let them wander where they will It started out real cozy Though it seemed like days ago We said we'd rather hit the town Than watch a lousy TV show Old Jack Daniels worked me over It must have come from some old still I guess I'll lay my feet down on the street 
And let them wander where they will Burning eyes, you're no surprise And tar-filled lungs, you're failing This barroom voice will have no choice In the morning when it's wailing Shaking hands and swollen glands And drunken perspiration I'll play their part to beat my heart To this falling down sensation The bottle's gone, he's locked the jar Guess I'll stagger to the door I'd show him who's a drinking man If it only serves someone My little woman's waiting And I'll bet she gives me hell So I'll just lay my feet down on the street And let them wander where they will I guess I'll lay my feet down on the street And let them wander where they will I guess I'll lay my feet down on the street And let them wander where they will. Yeah, this is this, this is um, when Brian Streicher took me to America the first time. Um, before we, before I was booked to do Jumbre in the Hills, mm. um, Brian had taken me for a holiday. I will take you to paradise, and he'd taken me for a holiday to show me Jumbre in the Hills. Ah, yes. I think I told you the story where he yeah. forgot his patent. Oh, yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, when we were there. We wanted to go to to see a guy called Jay Diamond, who we had met with a songwriter called Dick Feller. Now Dick was a great, great lyricist, and he wrote Eastbound and Down for Jerry Reed for the film Smoking the Bandit. Oh. All this kind of really terrific, terrific stuff. Mm. And he'd come over to England and he'd stayed at the pub. Uh, a couple of nights whilst he was over. And um, with him was his roadie, his tour roadie, who was called Jay Diamond. And it turns out he was the great nephew of the well-known Chicago mobster Legs Diamond, <laughs> who was part of Al Capone's gang. Wow. And Jay if you knew, if you'd seen him, I don't even know if he's still around, but he looked like he probably was part of the Chicago mobsters gang. He'd got like a granite rock face, you know, <laughs> and he talked like that, you know, talk, ah, ah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> but he was a lovely, sweet guy. Mm. In fact, uh, he was around at the pub one afternoon and um, I played him some of my stuff on tape, 
And he said, he couldn't believe it was me singing. He said, is that you? Is that you? Yeah. yeah. And apparently he said to Dick Feller the next day, you ought to send some of Eddie's stuff to Jerry Reed. And Dick Feller said, I write for Jerry Reed. <laughs> <laughs> You're always a friend until you become a threat. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, God. so we wanted to go to Nashville, and one of the places we were going to was Jay Diamond's house. Mm. So we drove all through the night. We stopped off at Gatlinburg on the way. It was a 700-mile drive. We stopped off at Gatlinburg on the way, which was a fascinating place, um, where the Rocky Top Hotel is, where Felice and Boudreau Lewis had written the uh, the Rocky Mountain, whatever it's called, song. I can't remember now. Rocky Mountain High? Hmm? Oh, no, that was John Denver. Rocky Mountain High, I remember. Yeah, one of those... One of yeah. those uh, Anyway, I'll think of it. Mm. Anyway, we got we got to to Jay's place uh, on the outskirts of Nashville, and um, it was pitch dark. So Brian's I was driving. Brian didn't drive much then. I was doing all the driving. So I said, "I'll go and I said, "I'll leave, you stay in the car." I said, "I'll go and tell them we're here." They were they were sort of expecting us, but they were expecting us twenty four hours later. Ah, okay. Right early, so I went, <clears throat> and it's all in darkness. So I went to the the front door, and I rang the bell at the front of the house, and a light came on at the side of the house. So I thought, oh, that's strange. So I took the hint and went down to the side of the house mm. where there was another door, rang the bell, and the light came on over the swimming pool. <laughs> so I thought somebody's winding me up here. <laughs> back, back round to the front door, and with that, the door opened, and this lady was standing there. I know now it was Jay's wife, mm. Jennifer, who was English. And I said, uh, oh, hi, are you... You Jennifer, and she, she said, "Yeah." I said, "I'm I'm Eddie Blackstone from from England," and with that, the door flew open, and Jay Diamond, he stood behind the door, and he went, "Hey Eddie, how you doing?" And he's got <laughs> he's got a gun in his hand. Oh no! Oh hell! How you doing? And and he was stood there covering her while she opened the door. Yeah, God. They were they were, they were obviously were scared, weren't they? Thinking it was an intruder. Well, about uh, half an hour later, he re discovered that he hadn't got enough beer, so he said to me, "We'll we'll drive downtown." Brian was going to stay there. Brian Brian was happy watching TV or whatever it was. Yeah, talking to talking to Jennifer. So we got into Jay's pickup truck, and he undid the the glove compartment and took another gun out of the glove compartment and put it on the seat between us. <laughs> so I said, what the hell is that for? He said, well, if ever we get stopped by the police, it may not be the police. Mm. And apparently they're the spate of these people dressed as police 
stopping people, and when they stop the car, they rob them. Oh, God. Terrible. What in America? Fancy that. So I said, well, tell me, Jay, what would have happened if if we'd have just sort of crept up to you while you were in the house and said, boo, you know, boo. Mm. He said, I'd have blown your goddamn head off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so that was, um, but the journey, getting back to the song, the journey, lay my feet down on the street, mm. was quite a, a sort of a reflection of how I felt all that 750 miles. Yes. Uh, sort of fairly shattered, and and then out of that feeling came the song, um, just a figment of imagination, if you like. Yeah. Yeah, which a lot, a lot of them are, of course. Mm. Yeah, I must have a listen to that one again, and Eddie, I don't have it. I can't recall that particular one, but I'm going to listen to it. And um, yeah, they, they like that song for some reason. Yeah, yeah, it's a good story. I think that's why. I'm sure. Yes, that's that's key to a good song, isn't it? A good story. Um, and. Uh, if you're okay to talk about After Dark, Eddie, is that... Yeah. After Dark came about when Rex, my best buddy, he was my best pal, a good, good friend of Kelvin Henderson. And but Rex and I became such great friends. He lived in Canesham. Mm. And uh, he was quite, quite well off in a way. But he, he was... He was always jeans and a T-shirt, and he loved everything American, and he would have loved to have lived in America. And he flew backwards and forwards to America with his wife to visit the many people that he'd met. Yeah. I mean, he knew Sonny Curtis, who was in the crickets with Buddy Holly. Mm. Uh, and Sonny used to come over and stay at Rex's house. And it was amazing. I mean, I actually walked into Rex's front room one day. He had a big white house in Kingship. Mm. And I walked into the front room, and um, and and there's uh, Sonny, and he's sitting. Walk right back to me this minute. <laughs> and it turned out he'd written that song, and he'd taken it to the Everly Brothers, and he played it to them, and they said, "Great, we'll record that." Oh yes. He went home and wrote the second half of the song rang them up and told them that he'd written the rest of the song and they said you're too late we've recorded it <laughs> which is there's only one verse on that song is it is there i didn't know that yeah and he also wrote whoa whoa yeah yeah love you more than i can say mm. he wrote fantastic songs and there's this guy <laughs> this hero sitting in rex's front room playing <laughs> how old would he have been eddie He's uh, he's well, he's the same age as me. All right, so yeah, he's, he's clocking on a bit. Mm. Um, and I met him several times when he was over, and it, a lovely, lovely man. Mm. But Rex, Rex, how after that came about was Rex went to on one of his many trips to America. Yeah, and when he came back, when he flew back, he started writing down bits of lyrics about a truck driver and uh, called After Dark and he called it After Dark, the Kenshin Breaker. 
And when he came to me, he got no musical background, no musical knowledge. He came and he gave me a bunch of bits of pieces of paper with scraps of lyrics written on all over the place. And he said, here you are, write a song. <laughs> so I did. I wrote, I sat down and wrote After Dark with this words that he's done. Yeah. I'll never forget, I was in, uh, he had a pub in Keynesham, Fontelles, and he used to book country music on a Monday night. Mm-hmm. I was in the pub one night, and he arrived with his wife, and uh, he said, uh, he was a Yorkshireman, he was from Sheffield, how's, how's they getting on with song, lad? How's they getting on? <laughs> I, said, I said, it's done, I've done it. I said, we've got it done on a cassette, we're just with the guitar. So we took it out to his car and I played the, the cassette to him. Well, I, th- he, I thought he was going to kiss me. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, because, yeah, because he, he supplied the lyrics in effect. Yeah, yeah. He, he absolutely loved it. Mm. And uh, so we obviously we had to record that. And yeah. that got a lot of plays. That got Radio 1 play, Radio 2, up and down. You know, it was... It was Country music clubs and truckers clubs. Well, I drive this rig five days of the week from London to Aberdeen. Calling up breakers whose handles I know, but whose faces I ain't never seen. When the road is long and the days are short and nighttime covers the land. If the switch and I begin to pinch on the outlaw citizens band This is after dark from Kaisen Way Now let me hear you all come on I'm a burning up a rubber on 18 tires And my 20 is head for home This is after dark from Kaisen Way Won't you give me that CB news Now you're coming on strong I know it won't be long before I rid me of these You're country boy, so glad to give you a call. Your coffee's as clear as an ice cold beer, like an eerie wall to wall. Hey, country boy, this is after dark, and them smokers are setting my tail. They got my 20, and they're closing fast, and they won't be giving me no bail. Yeah, after dark, this is Diamond Lil, and I'm sitting here rolling a toe. If you copy my call and you're ready to fall, well, I think you're my kind of blow. Now copy me, Lil, I ain't never like that when I'm driving my semi-truck. I get on with the job, eating up the miles, and I never, ever push my luck. This is After Dark from Kingdom Way. Now let me hear you all come on. I'm a burning up a rubber on 18 tires, and my 20 you 
change your ways. No more country boy, no diamond lil, no more of this talking and jive. You're going down to the chokey, see your old friend Smokey, and maybe do yourself some time. Hey, Busby man, this is after dark, and I ain't gonna heed your call. I'll just keep on talking and calling a break, cause, cause life is a hell of a ball. So it's up through the gears, building up the rails now, my Sam is in overdrive. No mother's gonna stop old after dark from talking this kind of jive. This is after dark from kind of wine. It was about CB radio. Do you remember the CB radio? Yes, yes, I do. Well, we we got invited to um, CB clubs uh, would invite us there, and I had to put the appropriate gear on. And Rex bought me a a leather waistcoat with badges stuck on it all over the place and a a funny hat that suckers wore and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) And these guys, this, this guy... Would, these people would come up and say, hey, hey, after that, you're doing a great job for us truckers. <laughs> and I'd say, get me out of here, Rex. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't really relate to them other than this song. Mm. And Rex said, Rex said, uh, you'll get the credit for this, you know. I said, no, I won't. I said, it's, it's all yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do remember... Being back in England, what year was this, Eddie? Uh, 82, 81, 82. All right. Okay, because that was just before I started uh, my seasonal work in, in, in the mountains in Austria. Um, but I do remember, I do remember having heard it on Radio Bristol. And of course, Brian Chalker became a good uh, supporter yeah, of you. He did absolutely. He 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 put it, made it his number one song of the year. Mm. But he had another name at that time. He was called Silver Something, and he had this country music magazine, and it was just the magazine was called Country Music. But it was Brian that the edit was the editor. Okay. I, I rang him up one day, Brian. I'm still in touch with Brian now. In fact. Just had a Christmas card from him today. Very nice. I rang Brian up one day and I said, "Hey, some guy in your does a piece in your magazine has just made me number one. Um, it's After Dark, the number one record of the year." And he said, "That's me, you idiot." <laughs> <laughs> um, at that time, it reminds me, my brother who's always been a keen amateur radio enthusiast, uh, Eddie, uh, did a bit of DJing, you know, did, he's done several presentation things on radios. Um, and I do remember my brother, we all, we always talked about 
Radio Bristol because it was the nearest thing to Radio One in our backyard, if you like. Yeah. Um, and of course, they had Dave Cash, and um, Dave was was ex Radio One, Radio Two, and um, I believe my brother went to Radio Bristol a couple of times to, I don't know, to meet one or two of them. And Brian Chalker was was somebody that had a show quite regularly, didn't he? Yeah, not on Radio Radio Bristol, which is actually on Radio West. Ah, oh, that was it. Radio West. That was it, yeah. Eddie. Sorry, I'm getting confused now. As was Dave Cash. He was on Radio West as well. Dave Cash was on Radio West. And I'll tell you what, we, you know, there was the, the, the boat on the waterside, you know, which was a bar. Yeah. And one, one day, I used to go over occasionally and take a bun, bunch of music, my choice of music, and Brian would let me play it and talk about it and so on. Yeah. And he said, we went, I got there early one day, and he said, oh, we'll go and have a drink. And there was another guy with him as well. And he said, this is John. And he said, this is Eddie. I said, hi, John. So we went on board this boat and we're having a drink. And I said, uh, where is, oh, Brian said, John's joining the Radio West. He's going to start next week. So I said, oh, great. I said, what's your history then, John? He said, oh, I've just come back from America. He said, I've been playing out there. He said, I was, I was, I've had a bit of history over here. Mm. So I said, what kind of history? He <laughs> said, Johnny Walker on Radio 1. Oh, I Johnny said, Walker. <laughs> oh, wow. And it was Johnny Walker. And, and I said, oh, God, excuse me, I'll just throw myself over the side. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Johnny Walker. Now, uh, he's certainly, uh, he's still going now, isn't he? I think, Eddie, he's still doing it yes. now. He had cancer. Yeah. And he got up. Um, nice guy. And we became quite friendly as well. And, you know, got pally with him. Yeah, because he had but, that nice, in, he had that individuality, indiv what I'm trying to say is individuality. Individuality, that's what I'm trying to say. He had that voice. Yeah. That was yes. different, and it was almost like, oh, is he American? You know, where is he from? Um, yes. And uh, he had that radio voice that, that people can listen to forever and ever and ever. And, yeah. uh, wow, you certainly met some people, Eddie, and sometimes by accident. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah, it was, it was yeah, great. I mean, Dave Cash would occasionally come out and have a drink with us on the boat as well. And yeah. Another another nice guy, but uh, that was always that's always stuck in my mind when Johnny said, you know, Johnny Walker, <laughs> <laughs> as as the jingle, yeah. And um, did you get any plays as a result of that on on Johnny Walker's show at all, or? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, Radio West was playing my stuff continually, really, mm. and I used to get plays on. Eventually, Radio 1 and Radio 2, uh, Terry Wogan. Uh, I don't know that I told you this story. I had, um, there's a song called Never Let a Dream Go By, which is on uh, SoundCloud. Yeah. And, uh, which, what happened was, no, sorry, it was After Dark, because what we did was, we recorded After Dark, and we had so many EPs made up, sing well, singles, really, vi vinyl. Mm. And what was we sat in Rex's kitchen, 
with the labels and we physically stuck them on the records, wrote oh. the envelope and posted them off to the different DJs. Oh. And, um, I got a call from um, Terry Wogan's office. Paul, can't, I should be able to think of it, but I can't. Who was he? Was uh, Terry Wogan's manager, if you like, in the studio? Mm -hmm. He rang up and he said, "We're, we're going to be playing After Dark." So I said, "Oh, great!" So uh, he said, "We'll be playing it at quarter to nine tomorrow morning." Fine. So quarter to nine, there it came on the radio, and that was fabulous. And Terry Wogan was very complimentary about it. Mm. The next morning, about eight o'clock in the morning, <clears throat> the phone rang. I picked it up, and it was Terry Wogan himself. Wow. And he said, um, I'm just calling to see what you were doing when you heard your record being played on my program. <laughs> so I said, well, as a matter of fact, I was mopping out the toilets. <laughs> I wasn't, but I said that. I said that. And he said, oh, that's wonderful, wonderful. So the next day, when he th th that same day later on, when he played it again, he mentioned, he said, this is, this is by the landlord of the Horseshoe Inn at Coombe Down in Bath. He said, and, and he mops out the toilet when he's listening to my music. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. What a great plug for you, though, Eddie. I mean, that, that yeah. one thing in, its own, in itself is a tremendous thing to have when the DJ phones you, you know, and, and uh, that's quite something. Yeah, do you, it do was you, lovely. Do you know how many, because that was in the days of, of vinyl, wasn't it? Um, how, yeah. many, how many discs did you sell, Eddie? I mean, was that your most successful thing ever? Probably about three. <laughs> no, I'd, I've no idea. Not a lot. And uh, did, it's a shame didn't, you, didn't, you didn't have a record company backing you either, did you? No, it was we put it out on the uh, Yorkie Records. Mm. I've got about I've got about twenty of them under my bed. <laughs> and um, if you if you go onto my Facebook site and scroll down, you'll you'll come to After Dark on our label, which we called Yorkie Records. Mm. And there's like a, a a sketch of me with the flat cap on, and the, yep. again. The, the jack, the stuff, you know, the image that Rex was trying to get across. Yes, but we didn't, do, we didn't do it for that reason. We did it. We actually went to London and watched them pressing it, which that was, it was more exciting than any anything. Was that in we Hayes went, by any chance? Hmm? Was that at Hayes, uh, the place called Hayes, where EMI printed their records? Yes, I think it was. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I'm pretty sure it was. Mm. It, we stood and watched them actually do it, the first one off the, and we got the acetate, oh. which I no longer have, unfortunately. Oh, wow. But the reason we did that was just to send out to radio stations, not really to sell. No. A few people bought it, but, you know, it's yeah. the same with my when when my, my album came out. Um, that uh, that sold a few, mm. but again, not many. No, I think you've got to be very lucky to 
to get, you know, to really for it to take off. We almost got there. Mm. Yeah. Very nearly there. You really, really nearly got there. Yes, you, you certainly yeah. appear to have done. Um, and Eddie, when you were out in in the United Arab Emirates, were you able to promote your songs or did no. you? No. I actually didn't. <coughs> I didn't write a lot in the Emirates. No. Um, it wasn't sort of. I don't know. It wasn't conducive. conducive. Yeah, I was too busy sitting by the pool in the lovely sunshine. (laughs) 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 That was a lovely story, Eddie. Um, Thank you, and it's just it's just what we need on 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 these kind of podcast things, especially with your songs that we can play, and then people can hear you talk about them. Um, The next song in line is Arlene. That's the lady in Colorado, isn't it?
crying in the night And though I'll never have the right I know I love you till I die is bluer than the sky I know why why I cry Ali um, Arlene special song for a special lady. I mean, Arlene was the one that I mentioned earlier on who took us out and showed us the, the countryside and the beautiful places that there are in Colorado, which you know about, obviously. Yeah. And she took us all over and showed us different places. Mm. She couldn't have been kinder. She's just a sweet, kind person who lives in the mountains on her own. She got a beautiful house that she designed herself she's got a couple of horses and a dog and some cats and she she lives there uh, uh and we became friends we kept, we we became good friends mm. in that first two weeks that I was there and then when I went back um she continued to take me around and show me different places and the more she did that the more uh, mentally, the closer I became mentally, yeah, and then the, the, the sort of the germs of the song started coming. And in the like in the song where it says, uh, "And to to walk with Arlene in the morning," you know, oh dear me, go away, whoever you are. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we um, we. It's like the lines to walk with Arlene in the morning and to breathe in the soft mountain air. Those are all things, memories, you know? Yeah, of course. I wrote that song, or I wrote the bones of it during the four months that I was out there. Uh, but when I came back to England, I went once again to Pete Lamb's to record it. And um, so I did record it. Uh, and then sometime, oh, then afterwards I met TJ and I'd asked her if she would add some vocals and make some of the songs into duets. Mm -hmm. So we went back to Pete Lambs and I took TJ with me and we did some added vocals onto, to, onto my, her voice, onto my songs. And whilst we were there, Pete put on... Arlene. So TJ said, what's this Arlene song? So I said, well, it's just it's a song that I wrote for a girl that lives in Colorado. And she said, you can do better than that. So I said, what do you mean? She said, it needs a bit of production. So I said, well, go ahead. So she 
did the production on it, added the pan pipes and added the, the strings, the cellos and all that sort of stuff. What, did she play it herself, the cello? Or? No, no, these, this was all done with synthesizer. Ah, okay. Pete, Pete did all that, but TJ told him what she wanted. Mm. And uh, I must say, <laughs> the final result was a lot better than what I'd done before. Uh, and, and not only that, when it came to the vocal, because she said to me, the vocal's not right. She said, you, you're not giving it enough. She said, it obviously means a lot to you, this song. So I said, yeah. And she said, right, <clears throat> we've got to get the vocal right. So I think we finished up doing about 12 takes of the vocal. Mm-hmm. And I was more and more angry because <laughs> I thought, she's, she doesn't like my singing or whatever. <laughs> and the more angry I became, the more happier she was, she was becoming. Yeah, because you were and getting it, it right, I suppose. Yeah, in the end, she said, that's the one. That's the one. Ah. So we kept that vocal, and then, and then uh, that was my. You know, I never went back to Colorado. But then, thirty years later, I put it onto Facebook, and I got a notification. <clears throat> a message came back from Arlene, mm. and it just said, "Oh my God, how are you?" Which was just amazing, just absolutely amazing. Yeah. And you hadn't seen or heard of her for 30 years? No. And I didn't, I didn't chase her up because I thought she's probably married with six kids now and, you know, got her own life to lead and yeah. tried to go in, intruding. But um, it's been marvellous because we're in touch practically every day since... Uh, April the 19th, she got in touch with me last April. Wow. And we've been in touch ever since. And hopefully, I'm hoping she's going to come over next year mm. um, if this virus thing clears off. Yes. And she's going to come over and I can do the same for her that she did for me, show around and show the sights of the UK. Yeah, and there's some beautiful sights, isn't there? I, I used to love to do that for my Austrian relatives and people, yeah. people that came to see us. You know, you take them to... Cheddar Gorge, um, you know, I don't know. I can't remember all the places now. Down in um, Longleat, Longleat Park and Salisbury and all those. I mean, it doesn't matter where you drive. There's always something nice, isn't there, to show people. Absolutely, yes. yes. And and, um, as far as you know, Eddie, has uh, Arlene married and got six kids or or did she stay? No, she's still on her own. Still on her own. And she's, I mean, she just, she sent me a text this morning saying she was out yesterday with the chainsaw because they've just had this huge forest fire. She's a firefall. Oh, yes, of course. Yes, yes. um, Her place is on the mountain next to what was a logging camp. Mm. And the guy who owned the logging camp left all these stacks of huge trees. And he said, you can have them. Well, she uses wood all the time to heat the place, apparently. Mm. She, did, she didn't have this house when I was there, so I've never seen it. I've seen a picture of it, and it's beautiful. Yeah. But she, she designed it and built it herself. I see that. And, like, uh, stables underneath, and then she lives 
up above. Lovely. You can just picture it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's it's marvelous. Mm. It is. But she she was out yesterday with the chainsaw, sawing all the stuff up and getting the wood in and. You know, it's a different way of life. It is. It is indeed. Lovely. Thank you, Eddie. That's um, almost the last song. We've got one more, and it's called It's Now Over. Yeah, it's over now. It's over now. Sorry, not. it's not the Rolling Stones. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. No, this song, when I realised I was going back to England after the four months, um, it's just came as a result of that. I mean, mm. I've got two days left, and I wrote, it's over now. And if you listen to the words, it's sort of fairly self-explanatory. And uh, I remember I played it just with the guitar to Arlene the day before I left. And she... Um, she <laughs> I don't know if she liked it not, but she got up and left. It's over now It's time for me to go And each of us must know That we'll never meet again It's over now There is nothing we can say We'll just go our separate ways And hope that time will dim the pain Life could have been so beautiful but fate has dealt a hand We were all so beautiful But fate has other plans It's over now Tell each other we'll be fine Find sunshine through the rain It's over now And I know there'll never be Another love for me It's over now It's over now 
Yes, it's over now put it on Facebook or I haven't played it or anything since really mm. but I, it's a song that I think is a nice song yeah but it's, it's too it's too emotional really yeah you know and I um, not have I don't I mean I'm sure I've played it probably not even thinking but I'm going to play it as soon yeah. as I can Eddie to um, you know to find out more about it and uh, yeah Interesting how she just got up and left. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, she got up and left, and then I kept phoning her and phoning her, and, and it, she she said she realised it was me. This is in the conversations that we've had recently. Yes. And in, in the end, she picked the phone up and we talked, you know, and, mm. and, uh, and, and as I said, now we have it's a really nice relationship on the phone. Yeah, really nice. And TJ sings sings the harmonies on this on its over. Oh, does she as well? Right. Okay. Yes. I'm gonna listen out for that. And is TJ still doing it, Eddie? She's still going out playing the occasional show. I mean, obviously, at the moment she's not. But once COVID is over, yeah. I mean, she's she plays for an hour every day. Mm. Now she plays an hour every day because she said. You know, if you don't use it, you lose it. Yeah. Which is what I'm finding. But she she sits and plays for a solid hour and sings for a solid hour every day. Mm. And, uh, I'm sure when it's when it's all over, she'll be back out there again. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, yeah. Eddie, thank you ever so much for that. We've got everything we need now, as far as I can see. Great. Eight tracks and nice commentary and nice memories to think back on and um i think all i can say at the moment is thanks again for you know giving me your time eddie and if there's anything that you can think of in the meantime the same happened with pete he suddenly thought i forgot to tell you this i forgot to tell you that but i think we've covered most of it but if there is anything you want me to to add i'll be very happy to do it but right now I've got plenty. I've I went through the 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 stuff yesterday, and you know um, the first podcast is ready to go. It's an hour and fifteen, I think, the first one. Um, right. And um, I'll let you know as soon as I bring it out. I hope to bring it out this weekend. Otherwise, on Monday, and then um, and then probably follow that with the next episode a week later. Okay. Well, thanks for your time and your patience. Pleasure, uh, Eddie. Pleasure. I really appreciate it, and it's been nice to be back in contact with you again after all these years. Yes, it has been nice, Eddie, for me as well. And um, you know, the, as you could probably tell, the questions were really 
me wanting to know more about you know what happened since I last saw you in '78, and there's quite a lot <laughs> that's happened to you, and and there's there's a lot that's happened to me as well. But that's another story. I'm gonna do a story of eventually of of my you know my 30 years or so, um, and uh, yes. I'm I'm enjoying doing this because it's it's good experience you know to to ask people about their story and record it and. And uh, I've I've already discovered, you know, that it's possible to do these podcasts on a telephone, on Skype, on WhatsApp, to varying degrees. Yep. Um, and um, although it would have been lovely to have had you here, because we would have had you in real good quality then. Um, yeah. But uh, that's not to be. But maybe one of these days I'll come over to the UK, Eddie, and we can do another session over there. Um Right now, I'm, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to my son's room. He's not here. He's not here at the moment. He's probably coming back tomorrow. Um, and I'm going to pinch a bottle of beer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I've got such a thirst. I don't know about you, but uh, doing this makes me really thirsty. So I want you to enjoy your Saturday night, Eddie. Do you, do you go out um, to a pub occasionally? Or, do or I what? Do you go to a pub occasionally, Eddie, for a drink? I haven't been in a pub for a long time. Right. But, um, it's it's not an environment that I want to be around at the moment. You know, in, in fact, you know, I'm quite happy to have a drink at home, like you know, maybe open a bottle of beer or have yeah. a glass of wine or something. Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't drink much now. No, no. I've, I've had my my drinking sessions in the past. <laughs> people like Nigel, you you have to keep up, you know. Oh God, <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, well, anyway, I wish you a lovely Saturday night, Eddie. Um, and I don't know about you, um, whether you, you're a fanatical football watcher or player, but I certainly enjoy my playing. But I also, um, my weekends are made or or not made, uh, if, you know, depending on the result between Man United and West Ham today. Yeah, so. I like, uh, I always follow Man United. Good, well done. I lived in Manchester for four years. Mm. When I was resident at the Golden Garter, or Daryl's Club as it was then. Yeah. And uh, if you lived in Manchester, you had to support one or the other, mm. and you had to be you had to be open-minded about it because, for example, you could pull up for petrol in the in the in the days when they they actually had an attendant who put the petrol in for you, and the the guy would say uh, they didn't do very well today, did they? <laughs> You had to know immediately who, who he was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so you just <laughs> reminded me about the fact that people used to help you put the petrol in, didn't they? I've forgotten all about them. Yeah, oh, that's well. Long time ago. Long time ago, Eddie. Anyway, great to talk to you. Let's, let's talk again in future, and otherwise we'll see you on Facebook. Thanks, Bernie. That's great. Cheers, Eddie. Enjoy the songs. Yes, I will do. Thank you. I look forward okay. to it. I'll listen out to every every instrument. I always look forward to to listening to the instruments. All right. Cheers, Good. Eddie. Bye bye. Take care. Collets. <laughs>